rolling right along on this rainy Wednesday afternoon, fourth and final hour. Darren, Donnie, and Chase here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. And every week on Wednesdays at this time, we talk to Chris Mason, who is, of course, Willie's partner in the television booth on Fox Sports Tennessee. And C. Mace is driven by Freeland Chevrolet. Chris, how you doing? Uh, fantastic. It's a pretty impressive, it's a pretty imp- uh, impressive performance last night, wasn't it? Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, we we said on the broadcast, and uh, I was thinking about it more today. It's it's been a while since I've seen the, the Predators absolutely dominate. In the, even in this league, I don't think I've seen too many games where you know it was that lopsided. Especially with the you know as good as the Preds have been the last few years, that was just uh, a clinic, an absolute clinic. And the score was so deceiving because Robin Leonard was. On a different planet, it could have been literally ten nothing, had he not uh, had he not been as good as he was. But uh, wow, I bet that's that's almost closed door meeting stuff for the Blackhawks. That was uh, that was unbelievable. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Fifty one shots by the Predators. Forty of them were through the first two periods. You brought up Robin Leonard's play. Uh, Blackhawks scoreboard wouldn't show you they got run out of the arena, but. It wasn't for him, like you said, 48 saves in a really, really uh, bad-looking loss to the Predators. So Pekka now ups his record to 7-0-1. Back-to-back shutouts for him in his last two starts. Shutout Minnesota 4 nothing on Thursday, and then 3 nothing last night. He seems to be, and I know he didn't have to work hard last night. It's probably one of the easier shutouts he's had in his career. But what are you seeing out of Pekka right now? that uh, just has him off to this type of start? Just just his focus, the, the level of his, the preparation that he, the work and the preparation that he puts in in, in the offseason to get ready. You know, everyone loves, as an athlete gets older, which it's a thing, you know, it, there's a certain, the numbers will show you that people, uh, you know, obviously you're going to fall off. You're not as quick as you once were. You're not as, you know, strong and all these types of different things. But, um the amount of work that he puts in and the preparation that he does to play at that level, he, he is just a, an elite, elite athlete. And not only, you know, physically, but mentally, he's got that um, just elite mental uh, fortitude that he's able to, to prepare and, and just in all these situations, like you said last night, those are tough games to play. Those are harder than... You know, Rob Leonard, the degree of difficulty of shots he had, you can't say that was an easy game, but it is a lot easier when you're getting a consistent body of work throughout the game. You're getting shots consistently. So um, that's the one thing Peck has really uh, done a good job the last few years is been able to handle those games. Earlier in his career, he would have trouble with a game like that, I think more so than now. But uh, he's, just, he's just so strong mentally, and I think that he's really, the last few years, instead of, you know, relying so much on his athleticism, which he has a ton of, but he's relying more on, you know, the thinking of the game, the anticipation, and just, you know, being one step ahead. And I think with the guys playing better in front of him defensively for his last few starts and for, for Juice in Tampa, I think that obviously helps out a lot. But um, he certainly covered up a lot of early season defensive miscues by the Preds when they weren't, you know, they were scoring all the goals and they were just on the attack all the time. Pekka was just as good. So he's just, he's just dialed in and it's, it's, you know, good for the team, especially those first few games when they're scoring all those goals, because, you know, there is 
stretches throughout the game where it could have went either way in, until they, you know, when they were down goals and he allowed them to be able to come back in those third periods when the game didn't get out of hand in the first two periods. But he's just, you know, again, it's some of, it's up there with some of the best hockey he's played in his career. He'll be 37 on Sunday. It's pretty amazing the start he's on. So what have you seen in the last four games when they've uh, they've strung together now four consecutive wins? We we know about the the win down in Tampa, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because that was UC Saros's first win of the season. So what are you seeing in this little stretch right now where the Predators have an opportunity that what's going on in the division with some really big injuries to really pad themselves in the standings that they can keep winning games and collecting two points. Yeah, I think to me it's it's really just a more collective effort to play the right way. You know, it was exciting for everybody. Some of the games were, you know, back and forth and there was chances all over the place and the Preds were filling the net with goals. But, you know, I don't think you can consistently win that way. If, if you, you know, try to play that run-and-gun style, you're going to have some really exciting games. But I think long-term, that's not the, the recipe for success for the Predators. They have a, a standard of play and expectations to play a certain way, and that's not really what it was. And I think, you know, the last five games or so, I think you're seeing more of the identity of the Nashville Predators and, and what I feel is the way that they have to play if they want to, you know, do something special and make some noise in playoffs and ultimately win in the playoffs, you have to you have to play a certain way, and I think the sooner that you start playing that way and grasping the com- concepts, and everyone is committed to that, I think it, it's obviously you know better for the team in the long run. And I've I've seen the last five games that up and down the lineup, no matter what line you put out there, especially like you mentioned, no Duchesne, no For- Forsberg, your two best players. You see other teams. We'll see how the other teams do when they they've lost some of their big dogs. I think St. Louis will be okay. You know, Colorado, we'll see. Um, but I, I think the Predators have really, you know, bought in and started to, they got out of the beginning of the year, kind of what, what kind of team are we going to be to the team, you know, that I think that they, the way that they play has really done, uh, I think the lineup has done a really good job. And then the depth, I think, has really shown, th- shown through the last um, five games as well. Chris Mason is with us, and Mace, looking ahead, it looks like, Philip Forsberg is on the verge of coming back, whether it be tomorrow against Calgary or Saturday against New York. And if, even if it's not, the question is the same. They had four really good lines on the attack last night with that defensive balance you're talking about. They'll have a pretty difficult decision to make, I think, of where to put Philip Forsberg. Do they put him back on the line where he was, which would move Kyle Turris? Or would they maybe put him back with Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvidsson? I think they have to weigh those two, and then the domino effect would go from there. Yeah, that, that's. I'm very interested to see that too, because you know the way it was going when he was back, it was you know those two lines were really cemented, I think in, in the as the lines and the combinations. But now the way that things are going, who knows? I mean, you know, you kind of want to kickstart Johansson a little bit. Granlin, he's, he's kind of he's played well. You know he's got chances, and his you know his, his analytics will back that up. But he he hasn't really got the results lately. So, uh, you know, same with Johansson. I think that you know he could spark them um, that way by putting that, those guys back together. I, I I really don't know which direction he'll go. Kyle Turris had played well. Um, you know he's haven't seen much of uh, him necessarily the last couple of games, but he's playing playing well. 
and Craig Smith. That line was the Benino, Rocco, Grimaldi, Craig Smith. That was the, that was the best line of the night last night. They were just just they could have had six goals that line alone. They got the three. Benino got the three, but all three of those guys were so instrumental in the success of that game for sure. So I I, I really don't know what direction they'll go, but you know Peter's got options. That's for sure. And and probably no bad options. So that's a, that's a good thing, even though it's a tough decision. So Mace, let's look at tomorrow's opponent, the Calgary Flames, a team that was the number one seed in the West last year. Everything went right. They've tweaked things. They're around five hundred right now. It's not like they've been bad, but they haven't come out of the gate as strong as a lot of people might have thought. So what do you see as the strengths and weaknesses with them? I I think that they're I think they're a really good hockey team. I, I think last year was. That's more of the the team I think we'll see as the season goes on. Maybe might have overachieved a little bit, but I think they're really strong on the back end. Their their goaltending, I guess, would be maybe a little bit of a question mark with Rich, who's a, a young up and comer. I really like him, and then Cam Talbot, who's you know looking to to bounce back from a tough year in Edmonton. But both both guys, uh, Talbot's you know had some really good. Um, you know, good years in his past, so he's he's got the pedig- pedigree. He's done it in the league before. Um, up front, I mean, they're they're loaded up front too. They're probably might be kicking themselves a little bit for for getting rid of James Neal uh, a little too quickly after one year, especially with the start he's he's had. But uh, I, they they play a tough game, and they always play tough against the Preds. It's always really physical. I feel they they can really bring that element. Matthew Kachuk, I think, is a really awesome player with his uh, skill level. I know everyone hates playing against him, but that's what makes him so good and so effective is, you know, he's, he's got that agitator role. He, he's physical, but he's also extremely skilled and, and he can put up a lot of points. And then, you know, Goudreau and Monaghan, um, you got to watch out for those guys because they're, you know, superstar talent. So I, I, I think that they're more um, of the team that we saw last year, maybe not quite that high, but again, it's, uh, you got to bring your best against anyone. That's why I love last night. It would have been easy for the Preds to come in and just, you know, Chicago's last in the league and they're having all these issues and, you know, it's not the same team. And you look up and down that lineup and there's not a, a ton of familiar names. But the way that they came out and, and they gave Chicago their best game, that's why they won. You know, you're, you're sitting there and you, Robin Leonard's playing a great game. Chicago gets one in the second period. All of a sudden it's 2-1 going into the third. Well, you never know what happens, right? So they... They've they definitely turned that into a no-doubter, so I think that they're going to have to you know, continue to do the, the same things that they did um, the last few games, which is you know, come out attack, but you're also making good decisions at the right time, and you're playing strong defensively in front of your goaltender, and then when you need a save from your goaltender, they've been making them. So it's, uh, you know, Preds got to focus on their game and continue to do what they're doing, but you know, at the same time respect how talented and how good the Calgary Flames are. We're talking to Chris Mason, driven by Freeland Chevrolet here on Darren Donick and Chase. And to that point, you know, something I've noticed with this team so far this season is they're able to, whether it was working on the defense and, and trying to play better on that side of the puck, they've been able to adjust with that in-game. If they're down, they're able to battle back and make adjustments and, and then come back and you know either get a point or win the game. And I feel like that's been maybe easier for them this season than it has been in years past. Why do you think that is? I just think that, first of all, I think the power play has a lot to do with that. I think it's a weapon that, especially in the first 12 games, when they've needed the power play goals in the third period 
or at that you know right time in the game they've they've came come up with the goals and to me that's a weapon that last year I know that obviously they didn't have and I just think that that just really exudes confidence or helps build confidence within the team five on five and the way that they're scoring goals I I also feel last year I, I don't know you know how strong they were off the rush whether they got many great rush opportunities or goals and I think this year they're setting up a lot of plays off the rush I think they're just more dynamic in terms of the way they're scoring goals last game every goal was scored right around the crease you know they they have all their guys going to the net they're just they're just playing the right way they're doing the right things and it's not one line you know it's not two lines where I think you know last year maybe they were you know a one line offensive team that really you know drove the offense for the majority of the year this year you're getting you know up and down the lineup the depth that this team has you know everyone's chipping in and you know maybe there's a point where where they go cold but right now everyone seems to be on any given night making that impact and and winning a hockey game for them whether it's the defense scoring goals whether it's Pecorine standing on his head or whether it's uh you know Matt Duchesne and and Philip Forsberg and company you know doing their thing so I just think it's a really good mix uh I just I just really like the vibe that this team has and again they're confident they 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 get down a couple goals in that room there's no doubt that they're coming back and that meant having that mentality and that belief is is such a powerful thing Chris, before we let you go, I brought this up to David Poyle yesterday, and since you've been around this franchise for so long, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. You know, Roman Yossi signs the contract, gets brought up, and being in Norris Trophy contention, Pekka won the Vesna a couple of years ago and is probably in contention for it again, at least for now this year. But I can remember a time where Shea Weber probably should have won the Norris Trophy, and he didn't, and a lot of that had to do with just you know the team overall, that the, the Predators were flying under the radar and they weren't having the team success. So what does it mean now that they've been able to put that together and you're seeing more and more of these individuals be recognized with those awards? Yeah, I really think that you know he's going to win a Norris Trophy. Uh, Shea Weber definitely should have back in the day, I think, you know, social media wasn't as as prominent as it is now. There wasn't the access to the teams and the players like you have now. So I, I think back then um, it was tough for everybody. You knew who Shea Weber was, but it was just tough to keep tabs on him all the time. So you'd see the box scores and the stats and his name up there with everybody. But now with the the uh, gifs or gifs or whatever they're called, all the you know quick hits and highlights on social media, I think it's a lot easier to know how good players are on other teams. I don't follow a lot of other teams, but I get to see all those things. I'm like, wow, you know, Shvetsnikov there the other night with that goal. And just you, you get to see, you get to be more in tune with other teams in the league, whether they're, you know, up in Montreal or Toronto where they get all the, you know, coverage up there or, you know, they're in Carolina or Nashville or L.A. or wherever. I think that, you know, there's more media attention to the league and everybody gets to see it. So I, I hope that one day uh, soon, which should be very soon, that, that Roman gets that award. Because it's not just an offensive award. You can't just say, hey, this guy got the most points. He's the best defenseman in the league. It's an overall award of the best defenseman. And I think Roman, you know, in my opinion, and I know I cover him, I may, I may be biased, but what he, I see every single night with him on the ice, I just, it just, he just amazes me. And I think uh, you know a lot of people, if they put time in and watch exactly how good he is offensively and the way he just really controls a game from the back end, it's just there's no one like him. 
It's just not fair. It's not fair. You know, it's just not. It's not fair. He's great guy, top-notch athlete, good-looking. I mean, just his whole life. It's just not fair. Somebody just that, that all that good. But he's ours. He's ours. So. <laughs> That's a very good point. In fact, I even, he walked by me yesterday. I said, man, it's good to be you. And he just laughed. Uh, <laughs> I meant it. It's good to be Roman Yossi. Hey, speaking of him, we'll talk to him at the bottom of the hour. See, Mace, always appreciate it. Thanks for doing this, and we'll see you tomorrow over at the ring. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Chris Mason, you can find him tomorrow night in the booth with Willie Donick. Fox Sports Tennessee as the Predators close out the month of October against the Calgary Flames. And, of course, you can hear everything right here on 102.5 The Game as well. 7 o'clock puck truck pregame at 6. We will talk to the captain at the bottom of the hour, but first Willie is going to talk about the good folks at Lee Company. Lee Company, 5671000. And we've been seeing their display a lot because we've been hanging out at Bridgestone Arena a bunch lately. Two more home games on the homestand, which would cap off six out of seven for the Predators playing at home. Uh, so there's been a lot of action in Smashville, which is a great thing. And Lee Company is a big sponsor of the Nashville Predators. They do also a great job for us in the Donick House with their home maintenance plan. The cold weather is coming. The temperature actually will go below freezing at some point over the next few days. It's going to drop. Make sure your heating unit is working properly. If it is not, call them at 567 615-567-1000. Tell them you need it checked and do it on the advance. Call right now before you get into that crisis situation if you're not sure that your heater is working efficiently because the colder months are coming. We know that. 567-1000 or go online and make an online appointment at LeeCompany.com. By the way, that goes for your home and for your business. If you don't have a maintenance team in your business, you're not alone. Let Lee Company do the job for you so you can concentrate on your job and your work. That way you're freed up to go watch the Predators games. LeeCompany.com, 567-1000.